Alright, well hey there all you DC Comics News fans, hello and welcome to DC Comics News Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Singleton, and this time around it's just me. Well, I take that back. It's not just me. There are some planes flying overhead, so it's us, and you're here, so thank you for being here. As far as co-hosts, well, the stars have aligned, forces have manifested, and for that reason... We've got some illness, we've got some traveling, we've got people taking care of people who are ill. And for all those reasons, and all the more noble ones that they're too polite and humble to share. It's just me this time around. I don't have as much important stuff going on right now. And I'm still healthy enough to try and share with you this great collection of headlines and stories brought to us by our amazing editor-in-chief, Mr. Josh Rayner. Josh, thanks for all you do. Everyone else, miss you guys. Brad, Steve, Kelly, Kendra, Josh, Damien. This show is best when you're all here on it. I'm just lucky enough that I get to join you, and I'm looking forward to all of you coming back and hanging out soon. To begin with, I would have loved to have heard everyone's thoughts on our first story, a story that I don't think anyone wants to report, anyone wants to hear, anyone wants to share. It was announced recently that Neil Adams, a comic book artist, legend, fighter, uh, dreamer, believer, passed away at the age of 80. The uh, news was reported, and it was shared by his wife of 45 years. Mr. Adams is survived by his son Josh, his other son Jason, his other son Joel, and his daughters Chris and Zia, as well as grandchildren Kelly, Courtney, Jade, Sebastian, Jane, Jalen, and great-grandson. Maximus. His three sons, and Zia, all work as artists in the comic book or fantasy field. Neil Adams was a titan, someone who came to comics, immediately made his mark, and then proceeded to do nothing less than sustain that mark in everything that he did. Neil was a bolt of lightning who in the late 60s, early 70s, gave a more fleshed out, muscular, detailed approach to comic book characters, from Dead Man to the X-Men and Avengers, and then finally to his most remembered work on Batman, collaborating with writer Denny O'Neill, bringing revolutionary change in response to the zany camp of the Adam West Batman series on ABC and in the 60s, inventing, bringing to life new villains like Batman and Ra's al Ghul, his daughter Talia, turning the Joker from a captivating clown to a vindictive homicidal monster, one who soon became the most significant and signature of Batman's enemies. Adams saying to Abraham Reisman in a 2019 for Vulture article, 
He said, quote, we took a harder edge. We decided that Joker was just a little crazy. <laughs> this all began with uh, 1973's The Joker's Five-Way Revenge in Batman number 251. And it inspired the amazing work of projects like The Killing Joke, Jack Nicholson portrayal in Batman 89, Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight, Joaquin Phoenix in The Joker. And Adam said during a panel at the San Diego Comic-Con in 2010, it was no secret that we were doing Batman right. It was as if the memory of DC Comics went along with the statements that both Denny and I were making, that we want it to be more realistic, more gritty. And that's how we remember, whether it was true or not, that Batman should be. And when we did it, everyone went, ah, that's it. We don't need comedy anymore. It was also O'Neill who addressed controversial issues with Green Lantern and Green Arrow, inviting conversations, if not outright statements, regarding drug addiction, racism, overpopulation, introducing Green Lantern John Stewart, one of DC's first black superhero icons. And from there, it went on to a mission to be everything he could for the future of comics, a mentor to Bill Senkowitz, a guide for Frank Miller, someone who was able to work with Stan Lee across whatever differences might have existed to form the Academy of Comic Book Arts to encourage creators to not sign away their rights when editor-in-chief at Marvel, Jim Shooter, distributed a contract that stated freelancers could not assert copyright over their creations. Going on to defend artists to make sure that they could get back the works that they have and perhaps enjoy a second stream of revenue. A champion for DC Comics creators Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. And someone who continued to push far beyond what was expected when he was a young student at the School of Industrial Art in Manhattan, when he appeared uh, long after getting far too many rejections from DC in the 50s, working with Archie Comics, and then finding his way all the way across the greats till DC with Batman. It's usually someone else who says this, but I'm moved at the possibility of offering my voice to a chorus of condolences to the Adams family, to all those who knew and cherished him, to all those who held his name dear to their hearts, and to all who, like me, like so many others, were never the same after he put his mark on Batman, on the comics industry, and reminded us why it is that, well, that there are great and beautiful creations, and we are thankful, grateful to those creators. Thank you, Neil Adams. Thank you to everyone who remembers his name and helps it live on for as long as we can. <laughs> Picking up with our next story, I always love it when there's a story that falls more into the matter of when than it does a matter of if. I believed that there would always be a sequel to The Batman after I'd heard early reports, seen those early trailers, and listened to the feedback from those I trusted. 
I only recently caught the Batman when it appeared on HBO Max back on, uh, I think it was April 18th, and it was a wonder to enjoy, to behold, to take part in. But I had already heard so much up until that point, and I was thankful to have such uh, spoiler-free feedback and insight from those like Brad Felicki, uh, Josh Rayner, and others. And it was with that that I knew, even before I saw the movie, that this would be something that would eventually have a sequel. Well, however long it might have felt, the wait is over. Because Warner Brothers, while speaking at the CinemaCon in Las Vegas on Tuesday evening, officially announced that a sequel to The Batman is on the way. No other details were shared, (laughs) other than that Robert Pattinson will return to the role and Matt Reeves will again direct. Reeves saying, I'm excited to jump into this world for the next chapter. I'm sure Warner Brothers agrees. Warner Brothers is collecting quite a nefty profit, $750 million at the global box office, off of what is still an unconfirmed yet rumored $200 million budget, It had the second-best opening week on HBO Max since its debut. And that's all we got. (laughs) Your speculation is as good as mine. Here's what I do know, is that if you've seen the movie already, you know that there were plenty of opportunities provided that can suggest to us all plot lines that may be pursued in the future. And interestingly enough, I think Matt Reeves has a... A solid grasp on this character where he could actually leapfrog what we would expect to occur next in the timeline and move on to other points referencing these uh, plot developments in however way is necessary or he could dig in deep and follow immediately after the events of the Batman and pick up with a couple of ideas that I think fans of comics who are familiar with Batman storylines can see some very clear opportunities as well as a few that might be lying under the surface and yet blend well with those that are somewhat plain and obvious. I do know that uh, (laughs) this means we can look forward to more and more and more the Batman, the Batman 2 stories coming our way. For example, we still haven't heard what that budget actually was or what the budget for the next film will be who might be cast that we can look forward to and how if any connection will be made to the expected penguin spinoff that will be coming to hbo max soon so a lot of great things to consider and look forward to and guess what we're not even well we're not even close to done we're still in the movie section and we have an announcement that uh, f- the Flash footage was shown at CinemaCon. That's right. So you had the Warner Brothers story announcing, yes, there will be a sequel, followed by Flash footage shown at the CinemaCon. And there is a belief that this is going to be leading to all sorts of responses. Now, please be aware, this information is from a film that has not been seen, was only viewed by those in attendance and could contain spoilers should you not wish to hear any of those just hit the little fast forward button i promise i won't spend long on this and you can just skip ahead and pick up at the place 
where you would like. However, comicbook.com did provide a description of the footage, and it reads as follows. Barry Allen fidgets in a line. He's at work. Flash travels back outside his childhood home. In his childhood room, blue lightning flickers around Barry. He looks at photos of his mom and dad and kid Barry. Quote, time is a pattern. It can help deliver certain events to certain people drawn to each other like magnets. At Wayne Manor, we see someone with shoulder-length white hair from behind. He opens a secret door to reveal seven batsuits stood together. Elsewhere, Flash slows down time and races up the side of a building. Batfleck rides a bat bike in a car chase with police. It's daytime. An unmasked Keaton is dressed as Batman and says, You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. He says this to Barry, alternate Barry, and Supergirl. A title card appears, The Flash. Keaton has an upgraded version of the 89 Batsuit with a bold yellow emblem. Now, also not included in this description, but documented in several other reports, there appears to have been a quick glimpse, flash, who knows what else you can call it, <laughs> appearance of Michael Shannon, he who was General Zod in Man of Steel. And it has been rumored for some time now that uh, this is happening. It has happened. And there is no news at this time if this reel that was revealed at CinemaCon will be made public. Only time will tell. I know that when it does, I'm certain we will have some comment feedback, if not a whole section dedicated to it, on an upcoming episode of the DC Comics News Podcast. For our final news story, we have the announcement that Shazam! Fury of the Gods has slightly shifted its release date. That's right. Um, as marketing begins on Avatar, The Way of Water, Warner Brothers shifted some of its dates. So Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom and The Flash both shifted backward, while Shazam! Fury of the Gods actually moved up several months. Its new release date is now December 16th, 2022. And it would appear that uh, the same date as a sequel to the highest grossing film in history, after years of waiting, James Cameron's Avatar is coming back around. Um, so this is clearly affecting these DC Warner Brother movies, and apparently there will be a trailer in theaters with Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness come May. So there's a lot of setup going on. Um, Shazam will be moved back to December 21st, and while it's only a weekend delay, it's as described by experts and those commenting that this is a sensible way to get away from this Avatar sequel and the effects of its box office draw. So if you'd had it on your schedule, go ahead and make an adjustment on your calendar right in that due date. New date, you will now be looking at December 21st, 2022. Trust me, it'll get here sooner than you imagined, although I'm sure it can probably never come soon enough. So as we move out of movies into TV and streaming, I have some heartbreaking news, at least for me. And that's the announcement that Legends of Tomorrow has been canceled at the CW after seven seasons. Those, those wild and kooky guys, 
and gals, otherwise known as the Time Idiots, will now be closing up shop. Um, the CW there has essentially let the team know, for example, co-show runner Kido Shimizu know that there will be no season eight of Legends of Tomorrow. And they're heartbroken, but grateful for the amazing work of the cast and crew. This is actually the uh, second announcement. We've got more on that in a minute, but it's it's a disappointing moment just to think about the fact that this was a great show. It started kind of slow and it quickly built up momentum. And then as it did, it, it catapulted into this wonderful, wild, beautifully zany and just perfectly wonderful show that I could always look forward to and knew it was going to make me laugh. A show that I knew wasn't designed to make me laugh, but was certainly one that had really brought so much possibility after a tumultuous first year, a recasting, and two seasons, it's been announced that the CW is also canceling Batwoman. Gotham City losing yet another of its protectors. Showrunner Carolyn Dries shared on Twitter saying, just got the sad news that Batwoman will not be seeing a season four. Um, but grateful, showing gratitude for the honor to make 51 episodes, contribute to this character and its story. Um, it's interesting that there is a lot of consideration for the idea that Warner Brothers Discovery, Paramount Global are potentially looking to sell off the show and the exact future of the Arrowverse and its shows is clearly up in the air. Um, it has been announced that uh, The Flash and Superman and Lois have been renewed. We're waiting for confirmation on others. We'll have more news when it comes, but I know I am disappointed to see two great shows no longer with us, no longer on the CW, but I am encouraged by the possibility that we have seen great strides on other platforms and that the future may still be unwritten for both of these shows and we might find them soon. Well, I know wherever they go, I'll be looking, and I'll be looking forward to the chance to enjoy them. Can't wait for the opportunity to share that news with you. And we don't want to end things on a negative note for this television section, so I decided to go ahead and go with a positive note here with the announcement that a Harley Quinn spinoff for Kite Man has been ordered to series. There's only two words really appropriate in this moment. Hell yeah. All right. <laughs> I added the all right, but the hell yeah, that's all Kite Man. The spinoff, which will be entitled Noonans, has been ordered to series. HBO Max announcing it will be moving forward with the series order, and it will focus on Kite Man and his new girlfriend, Golden Glider. Fans of The Flash will recognize that name, and fans of the recent Rogues title from Joshua Williamson will also recognize that name. Um... Golden Glider's been around, she's a great character, and I'm curious to see what the interactions will be like with Kite Man. Uh, they will be working as criminals to support a goal of purchasing the bar, Noonan's. Kite Man will once again be voiced by Matt Oberg, who made the character his own on some wonderful seasons of Harley Quinn. 
Susanna Makos, who's the executive vice president of original comedy and adult animation for HBO Max and Adult Swim, said, We love the wild and fun world of Harley Quinn so much, we just had to make a spinoff. And who better to center it around than the outcast? Kite Man. She went on to say, Justin, Patrick, and Dean have created the perfect local hangout for Gotham City's not-so-finest at Noonan's, where bar patrons can blow off steam after a long day of mayhem. The series will be executive produced by Harley Quinn co-creators Justin Halpern, Patrick Schumacher, and Dean Laurie. Probably who uh, <laughs> Susanna Makos was referring to in that earlier quote. Laurie will be the uh, showrunner. And don't forget that there are also co-creators Kaylee Kuoko and Sam Register, who will continue to play an instrumental role in the series. The current order for the show covers 10 episodes for a first season. There is no launch date announced yet, but look forward for updates right here on the DC Comics News Weekly Podcast. With that, we're going to take a quick break. I mean, our movie and TV streaming news stories are done. So time for a quick break. We'll be right back after this. I've got some snoring dogs to take care of. We'll see if they're still snoring when we come right back. First, there was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I Am The Night. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones, I am the night. Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton. And I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Three, two, one. Harley Quinn? Harley Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making Bat Shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Gogurt. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not that. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love. The Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. And boom, just like that, as promised, as well as could be. I'm back. We're back. 
it is time for more of the DC Comics News Weekly Podcast. So we've covered movies, we've covered streaming, which or TV and streaming, which means it's time for comics. Here we are with our first comic story, the announcement that Lobo and Nuclear Man joined the CW Arrowverse in DC's Earth Prime number two, Superman and Lois. And gangster Bruno Mannheim is the third villain to make the CW to DC canon via this DC comic book. See, it was back on April 5th that DC brought its popular universe of TV heroes back to the comic shops that inspired them by releasing Earth Prime number one, Batwoman, a limited comic series set within the CW universe. And then the overarching illin of a six-issue Earth Prime series that is set in Arrowverse canon was Magog. For those who remember Kingdom Come, this is a familiar name. The character created for the 90s to reflect, well, you can do your research. Magog has an interesting story as well as interesting inspiration. This would be the first time that DC introduced a character of such significance into the CW through a comic book, but it may not be the first. In fact, by April 19th, there could be three. The announcement that Ryan Wilder was the star of the first issue, Earth Prime number two will have Superman and Lois as the stars, the comic written by Jai Jameson, Adam Malinger, and Andrew and Wong. It is drawn by Tom Grummet, inked by Norm Ratman, colored by Hi-Fi, and lettered by Tom Napolitano. It's uh, an arc that goes to the flashback days and early hours of Lois and Clark's first wedding anniversary when they're trying to meet for dinner. However, a simple dinner is never simple for either of them. And as any busy professionals and working busy professionals can tell you, it doesn't take much to get something to go wrong. First, it's uh, Lois who has something going on. Then it's Clark. Um... It's back and forth until the third attempt when Lois is stood up because Clark has to deal with the villain who looks very familiar. In fact, if you remember Superman, A Quest for Peace, you'll recognize Nuclear Man. That's right, he's here. He has, uh, <laughs> he has shown up in this story and it gets fairly interesting. From there, the story continues, it gets a little bit wild, it gets a little bit woolly, and there's plenty to be had and enjoyed. If you're looking for the chance to enjoy these characters in a fresh way, in a new take, well then I am going to encourage you to check out the uh, Earth Prime number two as part of this six-part series. And hey, if you like it, why not get the first one and then you can get all six and you can tell us all about how much it is. Send us a picture of you with all of them. You know, do 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 any of the above. In other comics news, we have the revelation that Green Arrow's son, Connor Hawk, will be coming out as asexual in the new DC Pride comic. That's right. If you've been waiting, if you've been wondering, if you've only heard rumors, it's time that we have everything confirmed. And now we do in a collection that will feature a laundry list of notable LGBTQ plus names in their publishing sphere. DC Pride 2022's anthology will follow up on the success of last year, featuring a new slate of great stories. And in a new report from the publication Them, 
we have confirmation that a story involving Connor Hawk and the son of Oliver Queen, the second to carry on the Green Arrow mantle, will appear in DC's Pride 2022. And in a story titled Thinking of Me, it will be structured around Connor composing a coming out letter to his mother in which he reveals that he is asexual. The story it has an entirely asexual creative team, alums of Crowded, Rostein, and Ted Brandt, as well as letter Frank Chekovic, will be featured. The story will see Connor facing off against the Music Meister, a villain with hypnotic vocal abilities who's previously appeared on things like Batman the Brave and the Bold and on the CW's duet crossover event. And according to the creative team, Connor's fight against the Music Meister will serve as a metaphor for his asexuality, particularly when Connor uses high-tech earplugs to resist the magical powers. There's a lot of importance placed on the logistics of the letter. Um, it not only has an opportunity to have Connor connect with his mother as a character, but also, according to Brandt, explain what asexuality feels like, because a lot of people can't imagine it. And if it's new to them, this is a perfect opportunity to give them greater insight. Which makes perfect sense because Brent is also autistic. And I get not understanding what it's like for someone who experiences something different to you, he said. Stein went on to add, we were splitting it into the actions of the script. And it was like, these lines fit really well with the actions we picked. This is kind of creepy, actually. <laughs> Also playing a role will be Damian Wayne, who has befriended Connor during the recent Robin series. If you haven't checked that out, boy. I'm not saying their friendship gets off to a rough start, but, well, it takes a while to get there. But uh, this should be a wonderful story included in the DC Pride 2022 collection. And I'm looking forward to seeing how all of these details that have been explained about the letter, about the fight with Music Meister, about the understanding of how important it is to give that sort of viewpoint into asexuality through a character and through their attempt to share with a loved one what that means, why it's important for them to share the information they're sharing and how it can help them develop a valuable relationship that is deepened with someone they love. Another interesting development is the fact that the story will also make Music Meister a main DC canon character. He has appeared, as mentioned, in the animated series Brave and the Bold, later in the CW television shows The Flash and Supergirl in the duet. He was then portrayed by Darren Criss. But that hasn't brought him into the main canon, as it has since been redefined by recent reboots. The announcement informs everyone through this effort that Music Meister will be now an established character in the canon, and it is through this debut in DC Pride 2022 and his interaction with Connor Hark that this Connor Hawk <laughs> that this will be accomplished. I'm looking forward to seeing what more we can see from Music Meister. I happen to know there's one or two DC Comics News fans who are quietly, if not loudly cheering this announcement on 
I'm uh, looking forward to seeing what new developments are in store for the Music Meister and how well he can play whatever role he takes on in the lives of characters in titles we already have. Well, next on our list, we have the announcement that DC has revived Blue Beetle's series from the Round Robin 2021. DC is currently on the second year of its Round Robin contest. This is one in which fans vote on which potential comic title could ultimately become a reality. Uh, the 2021 contest led to the Robin miniseries. We were just a Robin's miniseries that has been so interesting and is sometimes easy to confuse with the Robin miniseries I was just talking about. Uh, it was announced that Blue Beetle Graduation Day, which was one of the previous runners-up from Round Robin 2021, will actually be published. Editor Andrew Marino also teased that more Blue Beetle news will also be arriving soon. I think that's a lot of excitement to enjoy. The story was written by Josh Trujillo with art by Adrian Gutierrez. The story follows Jaime Reyes' directionless sort of feeling um, while being trapped between heroics and his future. And then when the Reach interrupt his high school graduation, things only get worse. Starfire soon becomes a new mentor to Blue Beetle, but there's still the question of who's in the driver's seat. Is it Jaime or is it Scarab? And what's going on with Jaime and college? And why hasn't he applied? So the news is also interesting to keep in mind because uh, there's been forward momentum for the Blue Beetle movie over the past year. A live action project that is due to hit theaters in August of 2023 and has recently involved the casting of those like Zolo Meridueña and also those like George Lopez, Susan Sarandon, Bruno Marquezine, Belisa Escobedo, Lipidia Carrillo, Adriana Barraza, and Damian Alcazar. We also have Harvey Guillen in a yet unestablished role and a lot of plans moving forward. It seems like a perfect time to go ahead and bring in all of the excitement <laughs> about Blue Beetle to a comic. This is going to be uh, a really interesting move also because there is uh, an attempt on the star Majidwenya to recreate some of the chemistry that he built over the years with those he's worked with on Cobra Kai. Um, talking about how it really blessed him, that now he can do stunts, and he's looking forward to doing crazy stuff with Blue Beetle, and then you've got green screen and suits and CGI that he feels will just add more and more to the experience. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what more we can enjoy, both for news about the movie and the fact that we now have comic series coming our way. So you're going to hear a bit of basketball in the background. Neighbors are having a good time, and, well, let's just add that to our soundtrack of what is slowly becoming warmer days and weather. We were just talking about the DC Round Robin Tournament as it relates to the Blue Beetle, and now there has been an announcement that the contest, which is currently in the middle of its rounds of voting, has also led to revelations recently as Thursday that DC will be publishing six page short stories for four of the finalists that did not make it to round three of voting. 
Those are Ghost Tour from Hell, Hawk Man and Hawk Woman, The Changeling, and Kid Flash, The Speed of Fear, as well as Green Lantern, Birth of a Conspiracy. The news was announced during a Q&A with DC's Round Robin editors. Confirmation that more news regarding the contest will be published in the near future. Yeah, that was some kind of muscle car. So for those keeping track, Hawkman and Hawkwoman the Changeling is written by Kavan Scott with art by Fico Osio. And uh, interestingly, Hawkman and Hawkwoman both know that they have never had children together. So then who is Hector Hall, a uh, winged teen who claims to be their son? Then we've got Kid Flash, The Speed of Fear, written by Brandon Easton with art by Travis Mercer. Kid Flash Wallace West finds himself torn from the surface of the earth and in a cosmic storm caused by a tear in the speed force. What more can be experienced? Well, let's just say there's a risk of destabilizing the walls in the multiverse. Yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. It's a teaser. Check out more from it. We also have Ghost Tour from Hell, written by T. Franklin, with art from Dominique Domo Stanton. And uh, it features a Madame Xanadu relocating from New Orleans to New York and opening up shop, experiencing how running a magic shop in New York is vastly different from one in New Orleans and how it is that that can play into the story, followed by Green Lantern, The Birth of Conspiracy, written by Scott Brian Wilson, art by Skylar Partridge, and taking place in 1947 with Alan Scott joining this new breed of humans with the powers of gods, but also working a day-to-day job and finding himself at the sites of three UFO incursions and the men in black who are there and also the dangers faced by Green Lantern from uncovering the secrets connected to them. Sounds like a great list of stories. I know all of those who would have been with me on today have plenty of thoughts on their mind. I have plenty of thoughts on mine and I can't wait to hear your thoughts as well because that's just part of all the fun that we get to enjoy here. Now, here's something where I really miss Brad and Steve because we're getting into the gaming section and I am not an expert, let alone a person who can speak at length, but these are the headlines as we have them. First off is the announcement that Warner Brothers may reportedly sell gaming studios Xbox, EA, and Sony are all interested. Apparently, Warner Brothers Discovery is uh, planning to sell off some of its studios and its IPs to major players. This isn't the first time this rumor's come about. Back in 2020, there were some rumblings that this might occur, and now it sounds like it's something that has materialized into a reality. Um, some of those IPs include Batman, Superman, Harry Potter. Um, there are also plenty of other possibilities, including the fact that it's unclear if Warner Brothers would keep any IP items for teams or for itself or would sell everything in bulk. And it's also unclear if it would be willing to divide up IP and studios to different buyers. So is it a, a, a one deal takes all? Is this uh, you know, something that could change following the Warner Brothers Discovery deal merger? We're going to be seeing what else might come our way from things like this announcement. But clearly, there are plenty of developments in store. We'll be looking forward to share all those with you when they become available. However, there's some things to 
sort of have some questions about, at least for fans of Gotham Knights following an update that has them worried. That update pointing out that the game, which is officially scheduled to release via PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series S, and Xbox Series X, with a release date of October 25th, but there is a possibility that it may not be as accurate as it was when it was relayed. The game was recently rated for release in Taiwan, but only on PS5, Xbox Series S, and Xbox Series X. No mention of the latest gen versions, which begs a question, have they been canned? Or is there another implication or inference? Fans and users of the PS4 and Xbox One are worried they might miss out on the game, and the update is something that is being cheered by PS5, Xbox Series X, and S fans. So, what will the announcement lead to? Well, we're looking to hear more. There will be upcoming coverage and updates. So, what we have is the same information we've had about the synopsis with the possibility of more to come regarding if it will be on all the platforms it originally stated it would. I don't know the difference between them, but I know Brad and Steve, you're out there and you're listening and you're saying, wait, wait. So I look forward to them sharing with us on future updates, just what this can, will, and does all meet. And for our final gaming story, we have the announcement that the DC deck building game 10th anniversary Kickstarter by Cryptozoic Entertainment is unlocking new additions to the campaign and that one of the coolest stretch goals so far is the DC Bombshells crossover pack. The pack will come in a Kickstarter exclusive box, brings bombshell heroes like Wonder Woman, Supergirl, Stargirl, Mira, Zatanna, and Batwoman into the game. You can also get eight supervillains to face and 23 main deck cards, as well as a new bombshell attack keyword that will allow you to access to powerful effects. And you can check out the DC Bombshells crossover pack and full 10th anniversary Kickstarter campaign if you go ahead and head on over to visit Kickstarter and look up 10th anniversary Kickstarter campaign. Supervillains previewed in the pack include Joker's Daughter and Killer Frost, but there are also glimpses that have been had of Catwoman, Hawkgirl, Barda, Raven, Vixen, and the reveal of a Harley Quinn villain card. There will also be a randomizer card, a multiverse divider, and these cards can be mixed in with any other DC deck building game base set. The uh, Kickstarter also allows you to back the new Injustice Gods Among Us expansion, the Flash vs. Reverse Flash Rivals box, and the Heroes or Supervillains editions of the Multiverse box. Highest tiers also get you expansions in new Multiverse editions, and there's even a tier that gets you all the past promo cards released. All kinds of information is available. There's a lot of great things for you to take a look at, and again, should you want to know a little bit more all you have to do is head on over to kickstarter look for the dc deck building game 10th anniversary title when you do you'll pull up all this great info see what all of those stretch goals are that you can get your hands on and let us know what you do we'd love to hear about those who are uh, 
able to enjoy it. So if that's you, can't wait to hear it, can't wait to enjoy. And with that, that's going to be our final story here on this week's episode of the DC News Podcast. I've been your host, Seth Singleton, Brad, Kelly, Kendra, Steve, we missed you. Josh, Damien, it's always good to have you on. You can make sure you are always up to date on all of the newest episodes of the DC Comics News Weekly Podcast and all of our great content by hitting subscribe on the platform you're listening to and letting anyone else know who checks us out. We're on all their favorite platforms, too. All you have to do is subscribe. You'll never miss updates of the weekly podcast, great original content like the episode-by-episode I Am the Night by Steve J. Ray, as well as Mad Love, an episode-by-episode breakdown of The Harley Quinn Show, and more great things on your way to enjoy. You can also let us know what you think about this week's episode of the weekly podcast, previous episodes, or any of our other shows. All you have to do is find us on your favorite social media platforms, and when you do, you have an opportunity to use the at symbol, handle, at DC Comics News, that's at capital D, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N, EWS. And when you do that handle of at DC Comics News, make sure your message gets right to the gang. They know what's going on. They can respond. They can pass it on to us. We can get your questions. We can share answers. All in all, it's a great conversation. All you have to do is use that handle, whether you're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr. You can also make sure that whoever is listening on Stitcher, Spotify, Google, Instagram, Instagram, (laughs) iTunes, or more, we're everywhere. So we're on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can use the at DC Comics News handle on all your favorite social media platforms. And we can't wait to hear your thoughts and enjoy a great conversation with you. Hey, I don't know if I'm going to hop outside and pick up a game with the neighbors, but if I do, just, you know, think, think good thoughts. I'm going to try not to break anything and have a little bit of fun. And who knows? Maybe I'll have a story for you next time. Until then, there's always a reminder we love to share with you between each and every episode, and that is to always read more comics. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye for now.